just going to make another adjustment. Is that better? Free hearing aids with PRSI at Specsavers. Music to your ears. Find out more online. Terms and conditions apply. Well, hello there and welcome to another Food and Wine podcast with me, Mairead Robinson. Now, with these longer and brighter days and hopefully a good summer stretching ahead of us, we can now begin to look forward to alfresco lunches and dinners and picnics and generally wining and dining in the great outdoors. And getting out into the garden is such a welcome treat after our long Irish winter. So to make it a bit more special, I've asked one of our top Irish chefs to come along today to offer some advice on how to make it that bit special. From picnics on the beach to barbecues and patio or backyard meals, we want to look at ways to make the occasion special. So I'm delighted to welcome back executive chef at Dublin Shelburne Hotel, Gary Hughes, who's kindly taken time out of his very busy schedule to give us some tips and hints on summer food. So thank you, Gary, for coming back in to chat with us today. And the last time we spoke actually was before Christmas, where you gave us some great ideas on how to serve up the best festive fare without getting into a fuss. So today it's summer meals, as we said, indoor and outdoor. So let's start with outdoor. And I believe you're a fan of alfresco dining yourself. I, I am. Hi, Marie. Yeah, I am. Uh, anytime we get a glimmer of sun, we're out the back cooking. Uh, I actually invested a lot at home where we have uh, an only pizza oven. We have a grizzly oven, a grizzly oven, sorry. And uh, we have our own charcoal barbecue. So it's like a chef, chef barbecue outside my house. So uh, anytime there's a glimmer of sun, yeah. uh, my wife has me outside cooking. Excellent. Uh, there is something great about the smell of the barbecue. So maybe we talk about the barbecue first. That yeah. sort of sums up alfresco dining in the summer. And I know that, as I say, it's very much a male domain, but um, I've we've had a few massive failures, burnt things and things going on fire and being <sighs> undercooked or overcooked and yeah. whether it's a charcoal one or an electric one. Um, so just give us a rundown on how to actually deal with the barbecue without getting into, into a twist about it. Well, I think the cleanest way actually is just a patio gas for a barbecue. Um, sure. If you are going to if you are going to use your coals, the, the the trick is to let the coals actually burn off or they'll go white, rather than trying to do it quickly. Um, some people have a have a bad habit of putting lighter fuel or anything flammable onto the barbecue. You should stay away from that. Yeah. Um, I, I I tend not to marinate much because the marinades would actually burn on the barbecue. I would generally toss the marinade on afterwards or a dressing afterwards to stop it from burning. Um, but when we barbecue at home, we kind of keep away from the traditional burgers and sausages and that kind of stuff where we would cook a lot of fish on the barbecue. We might do a spatchcock chicken on the barbecue. Um, it's endless what you can do. I would also, when you're doing something on a barbecue, obviously then try and keep the meat nice and thin. So a spatchcock chicken was where you would debone it and batten it out. Or if you were going to do fish, you could very simply wrap some fish up in some uh, greaseproof paper and tin foil and some olive oil 
and you could do it like on papillot where the steam from the barbecue, the heat is going to steam the fish inside and it cooks quite quickly. Oh, and, right. push... and, and that avoids burning it and having it falling to pieces into the flames. Yeah, yeah. So like it, for, for on papillot, for a piece of fish, whether it's a nice piece of uh, cod, hake or salmon, you kind of go that thickness you want, like maybe 200 grams of fish. And you could just marinate with some olive oil. You could put in some nice tomatoes, some fennel seeds, even some star anise. And then you just encase the papillot. So you're basically baking it in a bag. Uh, and then you put it on the barbecue, it's going to stop it from burning. Um, and it's cleaner, you know. No one likes cleaning up the barbecue the next day. Did you, sorry, um, when you said about the fish, because I'm, I'm a big fan of fish, so I, I was keen on to know about that one. Did you say um, uh, tinfoil and greaseproof paper? Yeah, so what you would do is you, you would take like a sheet. So if you have like a 200 crease piece of salmon, if yes. you took like an A4 size piece of tinfoil and then you would do the exact same size of grease poop paper. Yes. You, you would put a piece of salmon in the centre and then you would put all your garnish, like whether it was olive oil or tomatoes, whatever seasoning and spices you want in there. And then you would fold it over like you were making a little pouch. Yeah. So it looked like a half moon, like a pasty, that kind of shape yes, you would yes. go around. And then you would literally put that on an earthenware dish on the on the barbecue. And then when when the liquid inside the oil and the marinade starts to heat up, the bag will actually puff up and it's the steam that's cooking the fish. Yes. So, so it's, the, it's the greaseproof paper on the inside and the tinfoil yeah. on the outside. Yeah, because the fish will only stick to the tinfoil. So the, the tinfoil is to protect it from the heat and the greaseproof is to protect it from the tinfoil. Yes. Um, Right. My, my, my favourite thing to do on papillette is just some, if you get some nice peeled prawns, a oh, lot of shrimps and tomato and garlic. Very simple, olive oil. They're the only three ingredients you need. Maybe some picked basil from the garden if you grow basil at home. And on the barbecue for about literally four or five minutes. Uh, amazing. And then we, we would actually char grill some uh, some bread, some pita breads of that with the salmon. My wife's a huge uh, keto Converve and everything in our house now is either going into a keto wrap or something down that line. But um, yeah, prawns would be my favourite to do on the barbecue. Excellent, that sounds gorgeous. Um, so yeah, the barbecue is the big thing. But when people do barbecue meat or uh, um, fish or whatever, generally it's accompanied by salads. Now I know we love coleslaw in this country, but come on, there must be lots of interesting salads we can make simply. Have you a few ideas and tips there? Yeah, since we're still on the line of fish, like my favourite salad to eat with, uh, particularly sea bass or stone bass, uh, I get so it's a it's a salad of Cox's apple. So you would finely slice it on a mandolin, some nice fresh rocket leaves, uh, some vanilla syrup. So if you get a, a vanilla pod, scrape it out uh, into a teaspoon of uh, mustard, and then you would do three parts, one to olive oil. Uh, and you, So you make like a vanilla dressing. So you dress the rocket and the apple with the radish. So it's really nice and fresh. And if you want, if, if you can get your hands on some radishes in there as well, and that is so fresh and fragrant with a piece of white fish or a piece of salmon. Uh, another salad that I like then is a, a knocking or ghost cheese or five mile time, whatever ghost cheese you can get in your supermarket. And you would just crumble that up and then we would do it some, with some beetroot. So if previous, if you can, if you can get some raw beetroots, wash them like a baked potato. Put yes. them in the oven for put them in the oven for 20 minutes, take them out, actually finish them on the barbecue. If you take them out and peel them, so all the flavour, all the nutrition are still in are still in the beetroot because you've cooked it in the skin. Chop up the beetroot. Uh, then if you get a little bit of maple syrup, some scallions and uh, 
some um, red onions, mix it all in there with the ghost cheese and then some just some arugula leaves or even some fresh iceberg chopped. Uh, that's one of my other favorite salads. So you got the Nakanor ghost cheese salad and then the apple and rocket salad, two completely different salads than yes. your cold or your potato salad. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they sound very tasty. Uh, we have some great goat cheese in this country, don't we? Really soft oh, ones yeah. and hard ones. Um, the Santola is one of my favorites. Mm. It's very delicate. But actually, with the, it's quite common to pair it with the beetroot. But that's very interesting, the way you said about cooking the beetroot on the barbecue. So that's going to give it that extra flavor. But like, it's the same thing. If you want to keep on the line of cheese, like, like, like the worst thing that ever happened to Nace is Sheridan's moved into uh, Dunn's Stores. My wife can't stay out. So it's cheese every weekend. So <laughs> we, we, would, we would even at the Earthenware dishes, you can get some nice baked brie or some camembert also on the barbecue. You know, sure. they can just look ever so slightly and have that with some, if you get some sourdough bread. Uh, that's previously baked and you can slice it and also char that on the barbecue. Sour, oh, sourdough, nice. bread. sourdough bread. If you butter the so if you get your loaf of sourdough, I get excited about this, my favorite bread, and you butter it really well, and then you can actually put that straight on the slices, put it straight on the barbecue, and it'll it'll go like charge. Lovely. That with some baked cheese and like a, a, a red onion relish or marmalade. Oh my god. That's um, that, yeah. That that's yeah. The, the best toast I can imagine. That sounds gorgeous. Yeah. And it, like, there's there's a couple of different ideas for a barbecue rather than just your your burgers and your your sausages. Sponsored by Expressway. With My Expressway, free travel pass holders can reserve their seats online at expressway.ie or at our ticket machines in stations. Think you're not smart enough to own a smartphone? Well, think again and think Doro. Doro phones are designed specially with the older person in mind. They're easy to use with louder sound and larger text. Plus numerous state-of-the-art features that don't compromise on performance or quality. To learn more about the full range of high-tech Doro phones, visit doro.ie. Doro phones. Make friends with innovation. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not subscribe to Senior Times? Visit the website at seniortimes.ie and like us on Facebook. So what are the, well, you said about the chicken and we said about the fish. What else? Um, what about barbecuing some vegetables? How successful is that, do you think? Well, you can do it like the same thing. Well, we would do a lot. We, you can do some nice asparagus on it. If you're, going to, if you're going to do your vegetables, I would do like uh, courgettes. I split them lengthways. I would yes. uh, put rock salt on them, some olive oil, and I would cook them in the whole half piece that with the aubergine as well aubergine is fabulous on a barbecue even if you wanted to score the aubergine uh rub some uh, garlic salt on it even some raw garlic on it put it on the barbecue wrap it in tinfoil so it's going to start to bake and then you can scoop it out and if you're lucky enough to have a blender at home you can blitz it up and then you can even put that on your sourdough bread or you can put it with anything it'd be yeah. pretty amazing uh, whole asparagus is, is fabulous on it It'll obviously just stay away from the, the corn and the cob you know like it's you want to be different and it's very easy sure. to be different, you know but the, the the most important thing is when you're doing your barbecue is going back to burn off the coals let the coals be let them go a white colour then you have about an hour depending on the size of your barbecue to cook throughout with there but like as I always say you control the heat don't let the heat control you if you think it's going to burn take it off you know sure. Then you can also create like a skillet where you could put like a, a shelf down on top of your barbecue to stop it from burning or just raise up the, the, the shells from it. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's just about it's about enjoying it with barbecues as well. It's so easy, you know. Like if, yeah. if you don't prep on in advance, it's kind of like Christmas. Do the prep in advance, put it on, don't burn it, and sit outside and enjoy a nice glass of pinot or whatever your fancy is. I think sometimes maybe we get a bit impatient. We like the barbecue and we want to lash the food on straight away. So from yeah. when you actually light a charcoal barbecue until the coals have gone white, what what roughly is the time frame? I'd say you're talking about 45 minutes. 45, that's great to know. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes. And, and then you have a window of an hour to get cooking. Yeah, a window of an hour to get cooking. Big, and then like you can toss the... the the coals around but, but I know a lot of people if you were just to put the stuff on before it burns off you're going to get all the impurities that are coming up from the coals yeah you're going to go black it's going to look burnt yeah, yeah. Too hot to start off with the outside will burn and the inside will be raw which is extremely dangerous when you're cooking and uh, so the, with barbecues it's just slowly slowly and take your time I think uh, everybody now is either it's a commander jar like I have a grizzly at home which is fantastic for smoking um, but that, that's a longer process. That can take like two or three hours to cook a small okay. joint. Yeah. So is it a matter of personal preference or which which do you think is better from a food taste point of view, the, the gas barbecue or the charcoal barbecue? I would go with the gas because it's easier to control. Right. Um, it comes up to temperature quicker and then you can turn it down. It's like you can control the heat. Sure. Um, but there's like something we, about the smell of the charcoal, isn't there, that's you know get yeah, the appetite yeah, it is but then sometimes if, if it's too charcoal you only can taste the charcoal that's true. <laughs> you know? that's true but besides the barbecue um if you're going to have the alfresco lunch or the alfresco dinner and you're having nice, some nice wine with it what would you suggest for good seasonal summer foods as opposed to you know winter foods now that we're looking at lighter lighter foods yeah. for the summer well i'm a huge like yourself i'm a huge fan of fish particularly white fish a very very simple dish because everyone like everyone's kind of inf- influenced by the Mediterranean and I actually have a dish on in the side room like this now so it's it's a Mediterranean one pot wonder for uh, for vegetables so if the ingredients you need so if you get like two liters of olive oil yeah now with the olive oil this is also going to be your sauce so you can make this in a batch and this this recipe will give you enough for 10 12 people and you can you probably eat it the next day so if you have two layers of olive oil and then if you have 500 grams of skinned red peppers so you would peel them with a vegetable peeler first and then into a nice dice 500 grams of aubergine but you're only going to use the black part of the aubergine and not yes. the inside yes uh, 500 grams of red onion so that's what you need to start so you put your olive oil on you put it on a low heat so when the oil starts to turn now if you're lucky enough to have a thermometer you want the olive oil to be at 100 degrees once it gets over 100 120 degrees it can become dangerous because olive oil isn't really designed for frying exactly it could go up in flames very quickly so you have your oil turning You, you see the bubbles coming up you add in your red onions and you cook them for one minute after the minute, you add in the red peppers in the same pot. So the onions are still cooking. You add in the red peppers, you cook them for one minute. Then for the last minute, you put in the aubergines, you cook it for one minute. So it's only three minutes of cooking. Then you take it off the heat and you let it go cold. And what the beauty with this dish is you can make it the day before because it tastes better the next day. So then if you get some, say, 100, 150 grams of garlic or two bulbs of garlic, peel them and then you put them in cold water and you bring it to a boil. It's called blanching and refresh. 
So you do that 10 times. And what you're trying to do here is take the bitterness out of the garlic. So after the 10 times, this should be like a, a, a paste. You can just crush that down with the back of a spoon and you have that separately. Then you get some, some pesto. You can just buy some pesto in Chardons or any supermarket. Unless you want to make your own pesto with basil and peanuts, olive oil and garlic. So when it comes to serving, then you can also in the supermarket, you can get tins of burlotti beans or white beans. Um, but if you have the dry haricot beans, you would need to soak them overnight. Of course. Yeah, then cook them in chicken stock for about an hour and a half on a low heat with a merpaw vegetables just to get them nice and soft. So when it comes to construction, this dish, you would heat up a small bit of the mix of the, the red peppers, the onions and the aubergines in the oil. Yes. You would add, it, you would add in some, some diced courgettes at this stage. They're nice and green and vibrant. You would put in a teaspoon of your garlic, a teaspoon of the basil, you just mix that together. So it's a Mediterranean olive oil, beanie kind of soup when you add in the beans. So that you just heat that. That'll only take like a minute to heat. You're just heating it through. And then you would cook your nice piece of fish or your nice piece of chicken because it goes with everything. So that, that to me is al fresco. Al fresco is quick, but you've done the work the day before. Yes. Uh, and it's nice and light. It's good. It's full of protein, olive oil. It's got all the vegetables in there. It's actually a very healthy dish to eat. It sounds gorgeous. It sounds it sounds to me very Spanish. Very, very Mediterranean Spanish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of my favorite dishes to do at the moment. We have it on like with some stone bass at the moment, and it's it's, it's amazing. It sounds gorgeous. No, I definitely try that. You, you've you've described it very well, step by step. It does sound like a lot of olive oil, though, doesn't it? Two liters. Yeah, but but that that's your sauce, you know. Like you, you can yeah. like like a. I suppose if you were making it at home for four people, you could probably do it with like a pint of olive oil or you could make yes. smaller piece. Um, but you, you can reuse that oil for maybe up to two weeks, even if you were to right. do more vegetables, strain off the oil and use it again. Um, but you can't get enough olive oil into you. Know? It's, it's, it's good for your... Oh, for sure. Absolutely. No, that sounds great. And of course, making it the day before takes takes all the stress out yeah. of the day. If you have six or 10 people in your back garden, you don't want to be fussing, running in and out of the kitchen, trying to yeah to, to do the cooking. So if you have that done the day before, sounds great. Sounds like it would be lovely with fish, a nice meaty fish. Yeah. Uh, white, white, uh, white fish is perfect, whether yeah. it's uh, halibut, hake, cod. Gorgeous. Lovely. Sea bass, loads of fish. So that's indoor, indoor summer eating or indoor, outdoor. So the other thing I was going to ask you about summertime, picnics on the beach. When I was a kid, my father used to drive us down to British Bay and on a hot summer's day and we'd always have a picnic. My mother bring out all the different sandwiches and cakes and the flask of tea and all that kind of thing. I don't know yeah. if people do that so much nowadays, but there's something kind of fun about it, even when you get sand in your sandwiches. Um, but if, if you were to bring the family off to the beach, besides, you know, just giving them a packet of crisps, what kind of nice sort of summery snacky foods do you think would be good for a picnic on the beach? We actually went to the beach about two weeks ago. Right. And I'm not trying to promote anything now, but my wife invested in a, a, an uni pizza oven. So you can actually carry them with you. Uni. Oh, really? When I, I was a bit... I don't know. I was a bit skeptical of the whole thing at the time. Sure. And uh, you can actually buy portable ones you can take to the beach with, with your small tin of gas. And um, you can actually make your pizzas in about 60 seconds. Really? Yeah. So it's a portable pizza oven. 
yeah, they're pretty amazing. I was a bit skeptical when I came across it, so we would we would actually make up our own uh, bases, uh, which is quite easy. Just yeast, some tea yeah. for strong flour, uh, some water. We would make it up the, the day before, and we would prove them, and then knock it back, and then you could actually we get the kids to make their own pizzas. But like it cooks a pizza, it takes 20, 25 minutes to heat up the oven, but then it cooks a pizza literally in sixty seconds. That's amazing. That is brilliant. It's, it's better than any pizza you get in any of the takeaways. Really? That's amazing. Oh, I was, I was like, so, yeah. I must keep the eye out. I don't know. Oh, yeah, like the, the highly, I was I was very sceptical now, but yeah. like I'm, I'm transformed. But yeah, like for the beach, it's just like if we were going to the beach, generally we would bring some nice crusty bread rolls and packets yeah. of pre-sliced meats and yeah, try to avoid the sand. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I really avoid the I sand. Like- I like the idea of that pizza oven, though. Maybe little will get them in their middle aisle one of these days and we'll grab one. <laughs> they, they, sound, they sound perfect, especially if you have a bunch of kids running around making sandcastles. I mean, nothing is yeah. nicer, is it, than a, than a nice tasty pizza. That's a great idea. My mother was a great sandwich maker and we'd have all sorts of things. But I remember one time being down in British and eating an apple and taking a big bite out of the apple. And I hadn't noticed that a wasp had sat on the apple. And I took a bite and the flipping... Yeah. Yeah, it stung me inside my mouth because I made a big fuss about it. It was all right. Obviously, it didn't, it, you know, didn't kill me. But it was sore. It it actually stung me on the inside of the the gum. Ouch. Yeah, it was. Ouchy, all right. But um, that was our only disaster. Other than that, I remember just absolutely loving picnics. Not just on the beach, but you can also, um, you know, if people are going forest walks or anything like that, it's just great to bring food with you as long as you don't obviously leave a mess behind you. It's kind of nice. Well, it's 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 it means that you will get be getting food that's uh, that people d- definitely like, and you know generally it's much more expensive if you're buying everything, isn't it? It is now anyway. The price yeah. of everything has just gone through the roof. Oh, it has. It has. I noticed that yesterday buying from the local butcher, the very nice local butcher, and he does chicken breasts and they're they're up 50 percent the problem that we have in Ireland at the moment is there's no one to actually process the chickens because most of the chickens do come from outside unless it's manor farm in ireland there's a few that produce good producers in ireland okay it's actually it's actually the staff to actually process the product um but apart apart from chicken like i've noticed uh, all food commodities go up up to 35 percent yeah some of the items some of the items shot up overnight whether it was salmon, eggs, exactly. bakery, yeah. everything. Exactly. Everything. Uh, and, and although it's a worry for people, especially families, um, all the more reason to 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 do your own cooking, make your own food, really, isn't it? Yeah, so like we're, we're, we're trying to obviously win a green award here in the hotel and we're trying to get more sustainable. We're using a lot more local suppliers. We're approaching farmers now not to actually grow our vegetables throughout the year rather than relying on them coming in from the big suppliers. So we're in the process of doing that. Sure. We're trying to be more sustainable with our fish. For the amount, It's very hard and there's a shortage of fish, obviously, throughout. So yeah, I, think, I think people are going to go back to uh, the old days where you were more aware of what you were spending and what you were buying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they'll have to from necessity, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, listen, it's great talking to you and um, it's actually a lovely day as we're talking. The sun is shining out there. So I hope we have a nice long summer stretching ahead of us with lots of ideas for alfresco wining and dining. We didn't actually mention wine, but I'm sure a nice cool glass of of, uh, maybe a cold rosé or something would go nicely with some of those dishes.
I, I'm a sucker at the moment. I'm trying to pretend I know about wine, but uh, a 2019 Sanseri apparently can't go wrong. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. Lovely. Excellent. Thanks a million for taking the time out to talk to us and great ideas for summer dining. Talk to you again you. soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.